We're going to be speaking about bless this home, the third part, which is bless those that are peacemakers. I think this is really important to talk about, especially with a lot of times when there's a lot of conflicts in family. How many of you can actually say every day, no matter how much you reset your day, there's always going to be conflicts, right? You just forgave somebody and then there's another conflict. It, it never ends, right? It, it just, it's always there. But then the grace of God is more powerful than everything that you will experience because He is good. Can you say amen? amen. So the first Sunday that we talked about this is about bless those that seek righteousness for they will be satisfied. And last week, how many of you enjoyed Pastor Milky speaking about bless those that are pure in heart? That was great, right? I enjoy so much when, when she's preaching because I get to hear her and I get to be ministered by my wife. You know, if your wife can minister to you, that's a, that's a blessing. Seriously, right? Because most of the time when, it's, when, there are two, when there's a couple, it's hard to listen sometimes to your couple because you're too familiar to your spouse. But, you know, I'm really blessed because my wife has been instrumental for me to grow in my walk with the Lord. So she's at home actually right now because my youngest son is not feeling well. So baby, you're going to see this. I love you. All right, but so tonight, oh, this morning, oh, we're going to have a night service? Are we adding another service? All right, I'll watch you live, okay? I'll stay at home, no. Hey, you never know, we're going we're gonna to have, you know, add multiple services. But today we're going to add, we're going to talk about this, bless this home, peacemakers. Let's read our Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, Matthew 5, 9. Let's read it. It says here, God blesses those who work for peace. This is the NLT translation. For they will be called the children of God. Now, in some other translations, New King James, NIB, it says, God blesses those who are peacemakers. Peacemakers. Now, let me make a clarif clarification about this. It doesn't say, God bless those that are peacekeepers. It says, God bless those that are peacemakers. Because there, are, there is a difference between the two. And so when Jesus was talking about this, I was studying this, most likely he was actually targeting or relaying a message to a certain group of people that are called the Jewish, the Jewish zealots, the ones that are Jewish revolutionary people that wants to overthrow the Roman Empire at that time through violence. So Jesus was saying, blessed are those who are peacemakers. So Jesus understands the climate at the time. He's saying, blessed are those that are peacemakers. Now, it's like Jesus is saying, go protest, go fight for your cause. But there's a right way of doing things. Because they were fighting for, because they were under the Roman Empire and they want the Messianic kingdom to be established. And the people of the, the Jewish people are thinking like, okay, Jesus is here. He's going to lead us in this revolt. And then they will overthrow the government, uh, the, the Roman Empire. And we will have the Messianic kingdom that has been prophesied for so long. But Jesus is saying, blessed are those that are peacemakers. Can you tell your neighbor, peacemakers? Because here's the thing. Peacekeepers, there's a big difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. Let me give you the difference. Peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Peace, peacekeepers, they actually 
see that there is conflict, right? But sometimes they don't do anything about it. Have you ever wondered this in your family? I don't know if you could relate to this. I know some families when there is conflict, your dad would say, oh, I don't like this. Let's not talk about it. Go there. Go there. Let's not talk about it. Right? Shh, shh. Like if you grew up in a, you know, in a Filipino culture, like when your dad looks at you in a certain way, you know. Like, what are you thinking? That's cute. Right? So a lot of times there are things that are going on in the family and sometimes it doesn't get addressed because for the sake of peace. Right? I once heard a great man, really noble man, he said, you know, I just say yes. Because the way I look at it, I'm trying to rent peace. He's renting peace. He's like giving in so that there will be peace. Now, let me tell you, that might sound good. But what Jesus is saying is that blessed those that are peacemakers. Peacemakers are people that understand there's conflict. They face the conflict and resolve it, but doing it the right way. Right? Because peacekeeping is this. Just for the sake of peace, shut up, shut up, don't be quiet, go to your room, go to your bed. What happens is that long term, it's bubbling in here. It's bubbling in here. There's really no peace because when that person goes to her room, when that person goes to his room, it, there's still war. There's still war. Peacemakers are like, I understand. You're going through that. I understand you're feeling that. Let us sit down. Let's go through this as a family. Let's talk about this. But then again, just like what Jesus was saying to the zealot, it's like there's a way. The kingdom of God will come in a different way. So peacekeepers are like, for the sake of peace, let's, let's, just, let's just brush this off. Peacemakers are like, let's sit down. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this with the right heart. Can you identify? You know, I know some families, they don't talk about things. That's why when it is in the center of attention, when, when, they, when it just escalates, there's a big explosion. It's like a volcano. I don't know if you've been watching news. Like there's a volcano in the Philippines that just erupt, erupted like two weeks or one month ago. So, you know, when we go to the Philippines, I bring the people there actually. We go to a Starbucks right on top of it because it's right, you know, in the lake. So on top of the hill, there's a community and there's a good Starbucks where you can see the volcano. And it's really nice during the morning. Like you drink your coffee with the pastries, overlooking view, and it's really, really nice. I'm not kidding. Like it's a, it's a sight to behold. So I bring them there during breakfast, you know, when we're in the missions. And we go there, we, we buy, and I, I tell them like when we get into the Starbucks, don't look. Don't look, look, don't look at the back. Just stay here, okay? Because once we go up, you will see... At the balcony, you will see the, the view. So here's the thing. Last, last, last year, somebody was asking me, Pastor, is that, you know, is that safe? I said, oh, yeah, it can explode anytime. <laughs> and I, I joke around like that, but then I didn't know, like, you know, now, six months after, it exploded because it, hadn't, it, hadn't, it hasn't exploded. But it's like sometimes in our families. We look at it, we marvel at how peace, peace that we have, but you know anytime... That little volcano right there in the lake will spew ashes. 
First it will spew ashes, next it will spew lava. Then it's war. And I know some family, that's one kind of family. I know some kind of families. My family is like this. Oh, you have a problem? Let's do this. You guys can relate to that? My family are like, all right, I saw your eyes. You have a problem with me? Let's talk. And then, la 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 la. Like it's all out war. And then right after, okay, let's go, let's go have dinner. Let's go. That's my family. So imagine, my wife's family is totally the opposite, Pastor Milky's family. So she's bringing, that, she's bringing that culture and I'm bringing my culture. So we had to work hard to find something in the middle. We had to find a way where we can, you know, collaborate together so that her feelings will not be kept aside and I would be tamed. Right? So peacemakers are willing to confront conflict but they know how to do it the right way. Here's the thing. A lot of conflicts arise actually when somebody makes a decision to put themselves first. Have you ever noticed that? A lot of conflicts arise when somebody makes a decision. I'm going to put myself first. My emotion first. How I feel right now first. It doesn't matter how sad you are right now. I'm sad too. It doesn't matter how broke you are. I'm broke too. I'm broker. You get what I'm saying? So now each person is trying to convince each other that I'm broker. I'm broker. No, I'm sadder. Right? Conflicts arise when somebody makes a decision, I'm going to come first today. That's what happens. That's, that's why there's conflict. Let me tell you this, to put self first is to put peace last. To put yourself first is to put peace last. I know the culture says, love yourself. Actually, it's not found in the Bible. The Bible actually assumes, love yourself, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It assumes that you already love yourself. Ouch. So there's a problem actually because when you actually just prioritize yourself, sometimes you will hurt somebody, actually most of the time, then you won't be a peacemaker. Because when you put self first, you put peace last. Amen? Now you're all quiet. And I realize that most of the time there's no peace because somebody's being selfish. You see, I grew up in a family where everyone, pretty much, name it, all my uncles and aunts were drug dealing. All my cousins were doing it. Nobody, came, nobody was able to go to college. And every time you talk to them, it's about themselves. You know, have you lived with a drug addict? If you live with a drug addict, it's really, really hard. Because sometimes they would impose their will on you. Right? And I believe that there's grace for that and God can, can give them the power to overcome. But this is, in my experience, what happens is this, they will use manipulation and violence so that you will give them money. Right? That's an example of when somebody puts their, their, themselves first, they put peace last. It's important to understand that in Jesus, we are supposed to carry our cross. I'm not saying don't be smart about it. I'm just saying there are times that you would have to sacrifice for somebody else. 
And it's most of the time the sacrifice you have to make is your passion, sometimes your emotion. The point is you will sacrifice sometimes. Listen, we're not just a Christian family. We are Christ-centered home. A lot of times we can say, oh, I'm a Christian. You might have the bumper stickers in your car, but it doesn't necessarily mean you are a Christian. You know, sometimes you're driving and there's like a fish sticker, right? And then somebody, they, 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 they release the finger to somebody because somebody cuts them off. It's not, it doesn't align, right? Like, girl, boy, the power, uh, the power that is in you can make you overcome your emotion right now. Right? You can't be saying, Jesus loves you, and then when somebody cuts you off, ah, oh, I give you this. <laughs> you know, I was, I was really laughing because like before, how do we, how do we make, how, like have a righteous anger when you're mad during traffic? Like when you're cut off. And I was t- talking to my wife, you know, uh, somebody joked with me about this before, like somebody would give the finger, but it's reversed. <laughs> it's like, it's the Christian way of doing it. Here you go. You see, that doesn't align with your bumper stickers. We're not just Christian family. Listen, I know you're laughing because I laugh at that too. Here's the thing. Now, don't be doing that to me in the road, okay, when I see you. Pastor Christian. But I, am, I, am I hitting something here? Like, you can have all the bumper stickers. You can have all the biggest Bibles in the world. But how you live your life is the greatest evidence that Christ is in you. Amen? How you treat other people, how you treat other people actually is an evidence of the Holy Spirit working in you. A Christ-centered home reflects the truth and grace of God, not just the truth. Why am I saying this? Because a lot of times when we are seeing conflict, some of us are like conflict hunters. Isn't that true? When there's conflict, oh, I'm jumping on that. Don't you know I'm rolling up my sleeves? I prepared for this. You never know. I did my research. I don't go to the fake news. Right? Like you prepared for it. But listen, a Christ-centered home will reflect the truth and the grace of God. It's not just the truth. But it's also the grace of God. And it's not just also the grace of God, but also the truth. Amen? You need to have both. We're not just a Christian family. We are a christ Centered home. Again, peacekeepers avoid conflict to keep the peace. Peacemakers embrace conflict to make peace. They're not jumping the line. They're not brushing it off. But when they do, they know how to deliver their words well. They know how to sit down with somebody with a heart to listen, not to impose. Amen? Peacemakers are not... Like, oh, I'm just going to give in. They're like, I know there's conflict. Let's talk about this the godly way. Amen? Listen, it's not the absence of conflict because conflict will always be there. Right? Bless those that are peacemakers. You know what the Bible says there? Because they will be called the children of God. 
that's the verse in itself that you need to really dissect and study. Am I a peacemaker or am I an instigator? Really, sometimes you can validate your passion and your declaration of what you're fighting for because you're so full of fight in you. You can validate that with saying, my intention was good. Yeah, but ye boy, your delivery was bad. If you want effectivity, you will sacrifice your methodology. If you want effectivity, you will really, really look at your methodology. Oh, when I said that, he didn't listen. Maybe I should change the way I say it. Because when you just all out with your emotions, you're overlooking somebody's getting hurt by the way you deliver it. Your goal is not to just explain it. Your goal is to win. Right? And I'm going to go deeply in this. All right? Are you guys ready? Listen, a Christ-centered home isn't conflict-free, but a spirit-filled family. A home characterized by discipline and mastery of the flesh. The flesh. Every day you crucify the flesh. The flesh is your fleshly desires, the earthly desires. You crucify that every day. And say, God, it's not from you. I give that up to you. I don't want this. A Christ-centered home is not perfect. They make mistakes. But you can see the grace of God operating in their family. You can see that God is with them. Romans 12, 17, 18, 21. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can live, that you can to live in peace with everyone. Listen. It's saying you never pay back evil with more evil. Just because somebody made a mistake when somebody's doing something evil, you cannot say, all right, I'm going to confront this with everything that I have and no, regardless of the methodology, I'm going to do it because he was doing evil first. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. When you are against somebody that is not honorable... You have to have the Holy Spirit with you. Why? So that when you, con when you, when you confront somebody, you're going to do it in an honorable way. It, when, you honor, when you do it in honor, in an honorable way, it, it doesn't talk about them. It has something to do with you. It has something to do with you. Can you say amen? So, what do really peacemakers do? And this is the three things that I want to leave you guys with tonight. Or this morning. Again, I keep saying tonight, huh? We're going to have a night service. What do peacemakers do? Number one is you got to tell the truth in love. You got to tell the truth in love. Listen, I'm not telling you don't, don't fight for the cause that you have. Actually fight for it. I'm a person that actually believes you need to stand for what you believe is right. Freedom of expression. I believe in that. I grew up as a communist, so I know... I'm really like, yeah, let's go. And then I found Christ. That's why Christ tamed me. Christ molded me. So tell the truth in love. We have a verse here, actually. Number one, tell truth in Ephesians 4.15. Can you please put it there? Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way. I love what Chris Hodges said. Truth, sorry, grace without truth 
is meaningless. If it's just free for all, there's no truth that they're going to hear. It's just meaningless. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth without grace is just mean. You're just plain mean. And you hate mean people, right? You say that I hate this mean person. See, the reality is that somebody is that mean person in your life. The opposite effect of that is that you are that somebody to somebody. Isn't that true? But we only highlight this mean person that you see. But I'm pretty sure when they are talking about you, you are that mean person in their lives. Truth without grace is just mean. We are always fighting for something, you know. We're always fighting for something. Everyone can fight for something, right? Go, do it. But you need the Holy Spirit like what I've said. What I'm worried about is that we have a crusade that we're fighting for. We're really big at crusade. Let's do this. Let's fight for this. What I'm worried about is that your crusade will become your haterade. That because somebody doesn't agree with what you believe, you will release statements that will hurt somebody else, forgetting that there are humans too. I want you to think about your family. Truth with love. For some parents here, you know what I'm talking about. Your sons or maybe your husband, right? Your husband or maybe your brother. Why can't you just put your dirty socks in your laundry bin? You did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. Right? You're saying the truth that they are really not a very clean, uh, clean and, you know, uh, orderly, neat person. But you're delivering it in a way that you're not addressing the issue. You are killing the person. You get what I'm saying? You're saying that, hey, you're messy. I know that. Your husband... Right? Why can't you just throw the garbage can on Tuesday night? <laughs> Speaking of personal experience, Tuesday night is where we throw the garbage can. <laughs> right? And then for last Friday, we were talking about this. Why can't you just be on time? Husbands to wives. Right? Brother to brother. Why can't you not just, please don't use my shirt. You boop. See, you're speaking the truth. You're speaking the truth, but you're doing it without love. Can you say amen? And a lot of times, we do this if we're not careful. Because our crusade can become our Gatorade. Uh, not Gatorade, Haterade. <laughs> it's like Gatorade. That's what you drink. You're Haterade. And when you drink it, you just hate somebody that doesn't agree with you. You know, you don't need to go far away. You go to Facebook and you will see how broken people are. I'm going to end with that. All right. <laughs> Here's what I'm worried. Because if you're fighting for something but you're coming from the place of hurt and not love, you're not going to contribute to the peace. If you're coming from a place of hurt and you're saying some things out of hurt and offense, you're not contributing to the peace. You think you are, but you're deceiving yourself because sometimes your methodology will kill that person more than it builds them up. You might be right. 
You might win the argument, but you will lose the relationship. Yay, I won the argument. Go celebrate on your own. Because what's going to happen is that nobody's celebrating with you because you are just too focused on yourself. Hello? You got to tell truth in love. Can you say amen? You guys are quiet now. 1 Corinthians 13. I think it's there, right? 1 Corinthians 13. Here's how love actually applies to whatever we do. It says, speak truth with love. Let's read this. If everything that you say, everything that you do or deal with somebody, here's, can, you, can you just look at it and see if it actually passes the test? 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It doesn't matter if you're multilingual. Even if you can, you can communicate it other ways. But if you don't have love, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Next. If I had the gift of prophecy, wow, you're so, there's so gifts in you, right? You're so talented, gifted. And if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, oh, we love this, let's help the poor. We love this. I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I want you to think about everything you say, everything that you do. Without love, that's nothing. Keep going. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. When you tell your person in your family, when you tell your spouse, when you tell your brother, your sister, your mom, or your dad, does it, does it pass the test? It's not rude. Love is patient and kind. Love is not. Go back. Go back. I love you. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. How you deal with your partner right now? You're not proud. Keep going. Or rude. It does not demand its own way. Oh my gosh, this is lifesaver. It doesn't demand its own way. But here you go. When somebody doesn't agree with you on Facebook, you say, I'm going to unfriend you. Go ahead. They're not your friends anyway in real life. I love you. Am I getting somewhere here? This is the ultimate test. It's not irritable. Church, when somebody is in conflict with you, go bless them. Go give them, hey, can I treat you for lunch? Not, not when you go to church and you see, oh, that person again. Let's go now. <laughs> All right. Oh, he's coming. Let, let me pretend I'm going to the bathroom. Hello. Hi. And keeps no record of being wrong. That's the biggie. If we are not a Christ-centered home, a not Christ-centered individual, we keep the records wrong. We keep the wrong records. We got a list. Remember? Oh, I know you washed the dishes, but remember, last night, you didn't do this. Two weeks ago, you didn't do this. Five years ago, you said this. I love you, but 
I love you, but that's not biblical. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. See, the greatest deception is that you think you can change somebody. Your spouse, your brother, your sister, your mom. Oh, if I will just fight enough, they would change. That's a lot of pressure, my man. Give it up to God. Because before you know it, you will develop hatred in your life because it's not working your way. You know, there's a difference between remorse and repentance. Remorse could just say, I'm sorry. Repentance is forgive me. He doesn't say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Because love does not keep the records of wrongs. Again, for the people that are never wrong, you might win the argument, but you will lose the relationship. Amen? Amen. All right, that's number one. Number two, you guys still here? That's why I said good, good evening, right, or tonight. Number two, apologize when you are wrong. I'm almost done. Apologize when you are wrong. Let's read this verse in James 5.16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Listen, let's apologize when we are wrong. Can we be honest enough to ourselves that when we are wrong, we can sit down and say, you know what, I might have done it overreacting. I might have said it in a way that is not honorable to you. Pastor Milky said last week, her dad is our pastor. One of the most amazing men that I've ever experienced. I never had a dad. When I met him, I felt a dad in my life. You know, when, before we flew here, we were married seven months, and then we, we went to America to plant the church. I, I, I lived with him. And for the first time in my life, somebody was saying, hey, son, can you be home by 10 o'clock? You see, for some, that's like, you hate that. But like for me, oh my gosh, somebody's telling me to go home. At 10, somebody cares. See, what I love about him is that when he makes a mistake, he sits down with his kids and he says, I'm sorry I said this. I didn't mean that. You know, and I learned that and I tried to apply it with Ethan. Because there are times when you're like really, ah, it's just like the stress is up here. And then Ethan wants to just watch the Star Wars. And I haven't, I haven't seen any of the Star Wars movie. And it's like, Daddy. And you're like, you're writing your message. It's like, Daddy, can we watch the Star Wars? And it's like, ah. And sometimes it's not really what you said, but that's how you made them feel. Right? So I said, sorry, son. Remember the story when we went to Cancun? And he dropped, like, one second in his hand, he dropped the GoPro on the, in the water. You were like, okay, I just told him, please make sure you don't drop it. I turned around, it's like, oh, daddy, daddy. And we tried to like, where's the GoPro? And my, my, my reaction was like, ah. And I saw how he was heartbroken. Because like, I'm really sorry, daddy, I'm really sorry. How much is that? And he knows the price because we bought it together. You know, it's like, ah. And, and I was like, no, son. And I remember on our way, I said, Really, Ethan? I'm really sorry. Daddy, Daddy didn't mean to react like that. It's just a GoPro. So here's what you do. I'm going to give you some chores so you can pay for that. 
That's why we did. So that he feels like he's, there's, some, there's worth. It's not, you know, you know, that we're addressing that responsibility that he made a mistake, but we're going to give him an opportunity to come back. See, that's the problem sometimes, right? We just address what's wrong, but we never give them an opportunity to come back. That's why you lose the relationship. But with this time, this time I said, son, I'm really sorry. You know, let's, let's, let's work together, right? So apologize when you are wrong. Some of us are, you know, two things that's really hard to say. I love you and I'm sorry, right? And we say this, kids have a hard time saying I love you and I'm sorry. For adults too, right? You don't say I love you to your, you know, during the first date. But also, I'm sorry. I've seen adults become kids when they make a mistake and they couldn't say I'm sorry. <laughs> like they know already that they're wrong. They're so convicted and like, uh, <laughs> here you go. You want Starbucks? Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hurt you. It's, you know, trust me, when you say I'm sorry to somebody, it doesn't free them up. It also frees you up. Amen. Listen, again, for people that are never wrong, you might win the argument, but you lose the relationship. Can you say amen to that? See, parents will say, hey, son, say sorry to that kid. Daughter, say sorry to that kid. You hurt that kid. But then when God tells us, son, you hurt that person, go say sorry to that person. And we become like this kid. Uh, I really don't know. You, you get what I'm saying? Say sorry. Say sorry. It will free you up. Number three is forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. When somebody hurts you, forgive. You know what? I always say this. When you say, I forgive you, it doesn't mean like, oh, 100%. I'm like, love you right away. And like, yeah, let's do this. No, the reality is that forgiveness is a declaration. It's a process where you say, I forgive you. I'm starting this process now. And I'm going to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to help me. When, it, when it's time again that you hurt me again, I will bank on the Holy Spirit's power that I will be encouraged and strengthened to forgive you again. Forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. Colossians 3.13, can you please put it here? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. Drop the mic. It's like, what? What What you talking? You can forgive that person? God forgave you. God forgave you. He forgave you. In Matthew 5.44, can you please put it here? I'm going to almost end with this verse. Matthew 5.44, it says, But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. It's important that we can apologize and we can forgive people. What's the first one? What's the number one that I said? Tell the truth with love. For the person that you're thinking right now that you really can't stand, this is the verse for that. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I've said this before. Pray before you slay. Before you go on Facebook, Instagram and slay somebody there with your words, pray. Because when you pray, you won't get to Instagram or Facebook anymore. The Lord will touch your heart. Forgive and let go. 
And I'm going to end with this. Ethan, yesterday, Ethan is a very soft-hearted, very amazing kid. He wants to be a pastor. So I'm praying for him. <laughs> yesterday, there was an episode again, like the Cancun episode. I brought him wherever I went yesterday. We tried to help somebody move. I did my errands and I brought him to a music store. So it was a daddy date and we called it the bro date. And the last stop was after I did my message at the headquarters, we were going home and I was like, let's bring some donuts to mommy and Clay. And I'm going to take you to a place you've never been. And it was Krispy Kreme in Ronner Park. We were so excited. This is first time we parked. And he's so excited. I, I was taking a video. And like we got the donuts that they like. Man. And I was telling the, the cashier, it's his first time. <laughs> so happy, right? Like, yeah. Get the donuts, whatever. Dunkin' Donut, whatever. You know, Krispy Kreme. We got, we got it. I paid. We were so excited. And there was a little bit of traffic. And on our way home, he was holding the donut because he was so excited to give it to his mama and to his brother. And on our way home, he dropped it because he fell asleep. And then he dropped it like, oh, nothing happened, daddy. It's good. It's good. And I said, oh, yeah, that's good. Now here's what you do, son, because I already know he's falling asleep. Roll the top. Roll the top so that it doesn't fall. I was explaining it to him while driving. He said, okay, daddy. Okay, daddy. And he didn't do it because he fell asleep before he even rolled it. And again, he dropped it, bam, 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 and I hear the donuts on the floor. <laughs> and this time, I saw that face again that I saw in Cancun. And right there, as I was driving, I better make my face right when I turn around. <laughs> because sometimes when you don't forgive, because you know you've been hurt, because I was frustrated. We got those donuts for, our, for Mama and, and Clay, and we were like so happy to bring that home. But I made sure that when I turn around, I said, it's okay, baby. It's just donuts. We'll get, we'll get more. But, my, but inside me, it's like, ah. <laughs> because sometimes when we are hurt, it's not really trying to just say how you feel, but you want that person to actually suffer with what you're feeling. I'm hurt like this. Let me just show you how hurt I am. And you know what the key word is? When you actually say, I forgive you, you set both persons free. Because again, forgiveness is like a poison that you took and thinking that it will kill the other person. I'm not going to forgive you. You hurt me. Ah, la, la, la. I will never forgive you. I say, ah. You feel like, oh, because I will never forgive him, it will hurt him even more. The reality is, it's a poison that you took that's going to hurt you even more. So this morning, blessed are those that are peacemakers. You're hurt, you experience something, but you say, God, I give up to you this pain. Teach me how to forgive and ask for forgiveness. So before we finish, let's just recap the three things. I want to encourage you, whether you're a parent, you're a brother, you're a sister, tell the truth in love. This year, election is coming up. Practice this. I encourage you, practice this. 
As a pastor, I want to speak to you guys here with all my heart. This coming election, you got to remember the other person on the other side of Facebook or Instagram, that's a human, be human being too. You got to speak truth in love. Number two, apologize when you are wrong. I think we can all learn from this. We could actually learn from this. Number three, forgive and let go. I actually said this before. If something pulls you away from the presence of God, drop it like it's hot. If something that you carry in your life brings you closer to Jesus, carry it, fight for it, don't let it go. But when something that you carry pushes you away, pushes you away, pulls you away from the presence of God, drop it like it's hot. Because I've never seen a runner win the race with too many things on his hands. So this moment, at this moment, you say, God, I want to be a peacemaker. I will still fight for what I believe. I will still speak about what I believe. But I'm going to do it with the Holy Spirit in mind. And this is the last verse I'm going to finish with. Galatians. Can you please put Galatians? Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. If you want your homes to be blessed, be a peacemaker. And I love the last verse. It says, For they will be called children of God. Let's all stand up this morning.